acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Scott. Hey, Ben. So here we are again. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. Man, I am feeling amped up. I have my, let's see, I'm about two and a half cups of coffee deep into the morning, mm-hmm. right? You you saw me earlier this I morning. I did, yeah. I am feeling bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, you man. ran into the studio today. I did. I did. Not because I had to, because <laughs> I'm excited. Um, and you know what? Honestly, I feel like I could do almost anything not impossible stuff like mm. i couldn't fly or you know eat a bullet or something um, <laughs> but catch a bullet in your teeth yes yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't do that yeah but i think i could uh i think i could drive almost anything right almost? now mm, almost I, anything. i may know a vehicle that maybe you couldn't drive uh i think i think i know what you're getting at and you wouldn't believe it either if i told you Oh, are you sure? Hang on. Let me take a sip of coffee and yeah. then try me. What, sure. What is it? This is going to seem unbelievable to you, but a Ford Model T is an extremely difficult car to drive. Ha. I laugh in the <laughs> face of Model Ts. Yeah. Have you seen? You've probably seen a Model T yes, before at a yes. car show or you mm-hmm. know museum or something like that, right? Yeah. They are extremely simple-looking vehicles. Sure. There's, there's not much to them at all. They're, you yeah. know... You just do the hand crank and then you hop in, right? Oh yeah, sure. Just as easy as that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there's a lot more to it than that. That's the that's the starting process. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But driving, actually driving one, is is difficult as well. So once you get it started, which, again, that's a that's a mm-hmm. entirely different thing. But we will talk about it. Sure. Um, driving is also difficult, and you wouldn't believe it looking at it. It's it's extremely simple inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. You've seen them. They're they're yeah. wood, wooden yeah. dash, mm-hmm. no gauges. Uh, there may be a there may be an oil pressure gauge, something like that. There's one gauge, uh, or maybe that's battery voltage. I'm not sure. Um, no wipers, no bells and whistles. No. <laughs> well, technically, I guess you could put a bell or a whistle on there. Yeah, well, sure you could, <laughs> but it would just be a bell. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, there's three pedals, and uh, 
a handbrake, steering mm-hmm. wheel, a um, couple of stalks on the steering wheel, and that's about it, really. I don't know, man. I'm still I'm still feeling pretty confident. But you know what? Okay, I'll well, I'll hear you out on this. But first, for for everybody, I guess maybe we should go into where where do Model Ts come from? Ah, simple. That's a, that's an easy one because um, a lot of people know the the story of the Model T that it's kind of the first vehicle that was accessible to every person really, mm-hmm. um, and it was, mostly everybody. Um, it was put in reach dollar wise by Henry Ford, who developed this uh, this mass production system for the automobile in 1908. The genius of the assembly line. That's right. Yeah, and he's but. Here's the crazy thing, Ben. I found out that he's not the first person really to do the assembly line. He gets credit for the the auto assembly line. Yeah. But he's just the first person to perfect it. He was not the first. Oh, no. Who was the first? The first was Ransom Eli Olds, who actually invented the automotive assembly line. But, again, Henry, he capitalized on that. He he made Mm. it better. He made it more efficient, faster. And um, he did that by, you know compartmentalizing everything he made everything um well standardizing everything i should say he he made the, the worker the workers would do one specific job and that's it and pass on to the next station one specific and they weren't you know assembling and you know they weren't building an entire area of the vehicle it was one they had one job and that was it over and over and over again sounds terribly boring but uh, it was very efficient made the uh made the um, construction of a vehicle possible in, I think it was 93 minutes from start to finish. Man. They could put a Model T together in 93 minutes. And they could have any color they wanted as long as it was black. Correct. Okay. And that's part of that whole standardization. That was, of course, you know, that's the Henry Ford famous line. Yeah. Uh, but that, that but that's, that's great because he understood that, you know, if I try to paint all these different colors and, you know, custom make vehicles mm-hmm. and have different vehicles going down the line, there's going to be mistakes Everyone is going to be the same. It's going to be very standardized, very uh, very simple, really, um, yet complex in other ways. We'll f- we'll find out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's still complex to put a car together. Don't don't get me wrong. But right. you know, prior to that, it took about twelve and a half hours to build a car, which and still seems. I mean, cars are pretty complex machines. Yeah, they really. Twelve are. hours is still pretty impressive. Twelve hours is pretty impressive. You're right, but ninety three minutes compared to that. So that brought the price down considerably. So in in 1909, they were only $850 for a uh, for a Ford Model T. That's just the standard, you know, mm-hmm. four-seat open tour vehicle. And then by 19 uh, I think it was in the 1920s, they were down to somewhere around $300. Wow. Because the cost to produce these things has gone down. And you just the, he lowered his cost, so he's able to pass that on to the consumer. And coupled with uh, historical inflation, that's probably even lower in terms of real money value. Yeah, that's right. I, I have no, I haven't done the conversion. I don't have any idea what that equals in today's dollars. Mm. But um, I'm sure you can find that somewhere. I mean, yeah. Sorry, man. I'm not. No, it's all right. There's a, math. There's probably a calculator out there somewhere that can convert that fairly easy, easily. Um, polymath. That's the word I was trying to think of. Polymath. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. I, I have no idea. That's my one good word for the day. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. That's right. Use it later in the podcast, Joe. We will. <laughs> so he had, he had perfected this to the point where by, I think it was by the end of production, which was in 1927, mm-hmm. guess how many of these vehicles were on the road? Just take a stab. Take a wild guess? Yeah. How many vehicles had he produced between 1908 and 1927? How many Model T's? Produce. Just Model T's. Just Model T's. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. This is, I'll be honest, is not my favorite podcast game, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to say 20,000, 20,000. 
That's a lot. That is a lot, but he's making one every 93 minutes. Oh, you're right. I didn't think about that. Hmm. You care to wager a second guess, or would you like me to just blurt it out and tell you here? Oh, no, no. Come on. We knew what it was when I entered this game. <laughs> I'm going to get this wrong, but then let's go with uh, 60000 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're toying with me, Ben. You probably saw my notes. It's $15 million. $15 million? 15 million Model Ts on the road between 1908 and 1927. 15 million. Were there even that many people? Doesn't that make you think... <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. States. Doesn't that make you think that you should just see Model Ts all over the place right now? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I would think. Well, with you, that many you cars have got cars. me figured out. You have a map of my cognitive yeah. process. Cause I, I would be willing to bet that there's some of these still in barns, places, you know, northern Michigan... Mm. Out, Some barn you know, finds. Yeah, barn finds that, um, you know, they could, they could take the rear wheels off of these cars and use, use a belt to power machines. That's why farmers like these cars. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah, really I mean, cool. He, That's and, versatile. Yeah, and he, Henry played on that. He, he enjoyed, you know, being able to sell to those people because, you know, they, they could afford it. And they would use it for, again, they'd, they'd attach a belt and they maybe would use it to power um, another belt that would drive bales of hay up into the barn, you know, up into the hayloft. Or they may power a sawmill with it. Hmm. Um, so it had these really, it's a really versatile vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anybody doing that today with, you know, I don't know, Buick or whatever. 15 uh, million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 15 million vehicles on the road. That's unbelievable to me, especially in the era that we're talking about. That's, mm-hmm. It seems like every vehicle out there would be a Model T, and I think that was kind of the way it was. So if they had 15 million, because this this whole podcast has start, started off uh, – <laughs> On, on the the topic of whether or not it's difficult to uh, operate one of these yeah. vehicles, and if there's 15 million of them, Scott, I got a level with you. It seems like a lot of people figured out how to do it, right? Oh yeah, they figured out how to drive it pretty quick. But um, I'm scrambling for my notes here. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm no, scuffling. But uh, yeah, they, they they figured out how to do it. Now it involves a lot more than just you know getting in and turning the key like we do, right? It's I yeah, simple. I'd imagine so. Yeah, and it's simple. Sure. Now, the the interior of those things, though, you would think that it would behave like a golf cart almost. You would put a key in and push the gas pedal and you go. That's yeah, it looked like – I at first guess, I would have thought that it was uh, less complex or less involved mm-hmm. to drive or, this vehicle. Or the same, about the same because now we just get in, put in a seatbelt, turn mm-hmm. the key and go. In a Model T, uh, we'll, we'll get into the starting process in a moment. We'll, we'll talk about driving. How, okay, how let's 15, talk about driving. 15 million – buyers figured mm-hmm. out how to do this and not only does it involve uh, your feet but it also involves your hands driving involves your hands more than steering so we'll, we'll get to that but the pedals were not uh they were not standardized so the pedals aren't what you th- remember at the time this is pretty much the you know it's open range i guess um, yeah everybody's building their own little vehicles you know you remember that podcast we had where he said there were how many companies that had gone out oh, of business yeah yeah thousands of them You're right, right? Well, no one had a standardized version of what a car should be at that time. So this is just kind of the, the way they did it, um, uh, whatever they felt was right. So on, if you look at the pedals, there are three pedals on the floor. Okay. And you would think that's pretty standard, a gas, brake, maybe a clutch, right? Right. Not that's, the case. Oh. Well, the, what, uh, what else is there? The, the, <laughs> the, first, the first pedal we'll talk about is the brake pedal. And, okay. All right. Pretty standard, right? Sure. Except it's on the far right. So it's where the gas pedal is now. So that's the brake pedal. Weird. Yeah, very weird. So I can imagine going from a modern car 
into a Model T would be very difficult. If you're trying to go somewhere, you would jam on the brake mm-hmm. um, just inadvertently. It's bound to happen. It's like switching your mouse hand or switching the buttons on your mouse. Yeah, yeah, you're Except right. it causes car accidents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got tragic results maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the next uh, pedal is the gear selector pedal, and which is kind of strange. You shift using your feet. So you select first gear by pushing the pedal all the way in. Neutral is with the pedal midway, and then all the way out is second gear. So it has two speeds, first gear and second gear. Neutral is the midway point. So does it... Weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah you don't use your hand to shift like you would in a, in a manual transmission now. Use your feet. And that's in the, that's in the middle? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a reverse gear pedal, which is also, well, it just engages reverse gear when you push it in. So, again, you're shifting into reverse using your feet, which is really odd. I'd... And that's all the way on the left? Yeah. So if somebody saw three pedals mm-hmm. uh, and they were just hopping into a Model T. <laughs> they would have, they would not be able to move. Man. If they had, if you just didn't have prior knowledge or mm-hmm. somebody telling you how to do this because that's that's what it you'd need somebody to tell you how to do it yeah um now not only are your feet moving uh-huh. your, your hands are in motion as well at the same time when you're yeah. driving this is all while driving by the way um there's of course the steering which right. is you know same as now really nothing no difference but you have two stalks on the steering wheel uh one for the left hand one for the right hand the, the hand the left hand stalk which is kind of like a uh, like a turn signal indicator except it slides up and down um, along the edge of the steering wheel. Okay. And the left hand controls the, the timing or the firing of the spark plugs. So you're adjusting the timing while you're driving you're, and either make it burn richer or leaner. And um, it just down to advance up to retard the, the timing. And then the right hand is controlling the throttle. So your, your throttle control is with your right hand. So it's not, you're not using your foot to accelerate. You're using your, hand, your right hand to hmm. accelerate as you drive. That's a lot to do. It is. Yeah. Now imagine trying to do that in traffic or, you know, an emergency situation where someone, you know, stops immediately in front of you. I guess at the time it might have been a horse or another another Model T. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, difficult, right? How fast do Model Ts go, you think? I, I'm not sure exactly the top speed. The top speed is not very high on those things. I, yeah. You, you stumped me on that one. but Definitely under 50, though. I believe it is under 50, yeah. Yeah, so uh-huh. maybe not horrendous, but boy, I bet... Oh, I wouldn't want to crash a Model T no. anywhere uh, north of five miles an hour, maybe. Oh, yeah, you, that's true. You're going to end up going over the over the windshield. Yeah. Know, it's it's uh, not necessarily built to safety standards that we have now. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, that seems that seems like a lot to do, but... It does. Y- you know, uh, over over the past uh, past few times we've done this show, Scott, I've noticed you, you're getting pretty talented at uh, keeping an ace up your sleeve. Um so I'm I'm gonna go for the bait, man. I'm gonna say right now I feel like I could still probably drive this thing. Mm-hmm. Is there something mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. I should know? Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> nodding my head, but uh, I'm thinking I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it would take some practice. I'll tell you that. Okay, fair but, enough. But you know what? I bet you could. I, I think you know it's just like anything else. You practice enough, you could do it. But I think I think I'd have difficulty hopping in and doing it myself. I bet you could do it though. Uh, yeah, we. I, I mean, really if we spent some time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it definitely. It's it's a learning process for sure. You can't just jump in. You can't even have somebody tell you how to do it and then do it right the first time. I don't think. 
Yeah, and um, it'd be kind of tough too, since Model A's now are—I mean, Model T's. Excuse me, mm-hmm. Ford fans. Sorry, <laughs> uh, since Model T's are so uh, rare and so old. Yeah, oddly enough, with fifteen of them, fifteen million of them made. I know. Where are, is there one guy who just has most of them? <laughs> Actually, there's there are a lot of them out there. Unfortunately, a lot of them ended up in um, you know landfills and, and junkyards and junkyards and, and yeah, parted out for other Model T's and. Mm-hmm. Um, well, of course, you know, there's a lot of them in ghost towns out west, you know, just decaying in the, in the sun. No, I'm kidding. That's, <laughs> that's the way I always picture them is, you know, sitting on the rims and, uh, you know, wooden. They had the wooden rims, uh, kind of, you know, the half-broken rims in a, in a ghost town somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. see. And the tumbleweed. It's a dream. Find something like that. You you know what? I bet you probably could. Yeah, probably. Probably. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, 15 million of them out there, so I'm surprised we're not seeing them all over the place. But you do have to respect somebody that can, can you know put all that together yeah now, i guess you said there's an ace up my sleeve i don't know about that but this this is coming from a uh, a car and driver article from the july 2009 issue and okay. i blogged about this as well um i thought this was pretty interesting they said that <laughs> the here's here's a direct quote from there the odd position of the throttle brake and shifter make driving a model t an archaic and dangerous experience it's like trying to do the charleston while loading a musket after a big night at the speakeasy Oh wow! So trying to do the Charleston while dry, mm-hmm. while loading a musket—that makes sense to me because, uh, well, you heard all the, the yeah the, the way hand, your legs are foot moving motions and uh, it's got to be difficult. I mean, yeah. now maybe I don't know if it's equally difficult or more difficult, but starting this thing was not easy as well. Oh, that's how you're getting me. Yeah, okay, okay, because we could learn to drive it, but could we learn to start it? And again, this is from their the the car and driver article, but there's basically three steps, and they're not easy. It sounds easy, three steps, but mm-hmm. um, it's not get in and turn the key. It's uh, you have to first you have to pull the choke, which is on the right front fender, and okay. um, then you engage the crank lever under the radiator at the front of the car, and then you turn it a quarter of a turn clockwise in order to prime the carburetor with fuel. So okay. you have to prime prime the carburetor by turning that hand crank. You've seen the hand crank yeah, at the beginning, yeah. or at the front of the car rather. Mm-hmm. Then you have to get back into the car, put the ignition key in. And then you turn it to the setting either magneto or battery, and you adjust the timing to retard the timing. So you, you that stock on the left, I think it was, and you move the throttle stock downward so that it's uh, it's closed, but it's it's slight, you know, just maybe it's like an idle setting. Uh huh. So it's it's down low. Um, then you pull the handbrake so that you know it doesn't go anywhere. Make sure that the car's in neutral with your foot. Okay, <laughs> so, I'm with you there. Okay, that's only step two. Oh you, wait, <laughs> all right, go uh, ahead. By the time you get to step three, you have to get out of the car again. Uh-huh. Which, you know, these are, I don't know, two feet up in the air, whatever. They're pretty high up. Get out of the car. You use your left hand to crank the lever, and this is important. Use your left hand to crank the lever. You know why? Mm, why? If you use your right hand and you're cranking the lever, it could backfire and break your arm. Really? Yeah, yeah. The article said something like, snap it like a dry twig or something like that. I believe them. Man, yeah, because I've heard that from other people that you know, if you're if you're crank starting a car, use your left hand for at least for the Model T. Use your left hand. If you use your right hand and it does backfire, which I gotta imagine a 100 year old car might backfire when you're when you're starting it. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, it will break your arm. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I had no idea there was that kind of danger involved in this, but I've I've heard that. You know, in recent years. So left hand. Left hand. Yep, and because uh, it swings counterclockwise, so mm-hmm. if if it backfires, so use your left arm because it's less likely to be broken. 
could still be broken. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I guess it could be. And then you give it one real vigorous half crank, and the engine should start. So then, and then you hop in, and then you've got all this other stuff to do with your feet and arms, mm. and it's it's uh, it's quite a process. That is quite a process. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you if you really think about it, if you go, I mean, go to the the blog post. It's called "Starting and Driving a Ford Model T." Mm-hmm. It's on the High Speed Stuff blog, and you can find it at you know the the blogs at How Stuff Works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a difficult process, and if you really let all this kind of sink in and you digest what it what it takes to to get in, start and operate one of these cars, you'll be impressed. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I I would have to drink a lot of coffee to, to really – and I'd probably have to have a guide. I'd have to have somebody standing yeah. next to next to me. But I bet I, I would bet that – you know, you said earlier you think you could do it, and I think you could, but it would probably take two or three attempts, and you'd kind of get that rhythm and that feeling for it. And I bet if you – were to park it in a garage for a month or so and then take it out again, which mm-hmm. a lot of these cars that happens, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. a showpiece maybe, yeah. a parade car. Um, I would think that you know it, you may get a little rusty on how to how to operate this thing, so it might take some uh, some practice. You know what, man? I am a very open-minded person and a big fan of constructive criticism. So I am not going to go drive, try to drive a Model T oh, you today. No, oh, today, okay. You should yeah. definitely, if you ever, ever get the opportunity, though, do it. Because how many times are you going to get that opportunity? Uh, you know what? That's a good point. And, I mean, I guess these guys that drive in parades and everything, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ones that, or you see them on the road occasionally. On the weekends, you know, they'll have their toy out for the weekend. Um, I don't know, I think they deserve a little respect for what they're doing there. Because, I mean, if you really watch what they're up to, they're doing a lot more That's than just involved uh, process. It really is, yeah, yeah. So you would you would totally try to try to drive one. I would, and I think you should too. And uh, I guess this is a good time now. Maybe we should ask our listeners: uh, Have you ever driven a Model T, or uh, you know, even a Model A or, or, or similar? Anything vehicle? that's this difficult to start? Because um, mm-hmm. we got an idea for another one coming up here: the, the steam car. Wow. We'll, we'll talk about that soon. That's a, that's a way more involved process. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of cars out there that are tough to, to start and operate. So if you got any ideas or suggestions or, um, you know, thoughts about difficult to operate and start, you know, vehicles that are difficult to start and operate, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. And uh, be sure to uh, check out the blog entry there about the Model T or send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. 
Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.